0: We're joined today by Elizabeth Riley. Elizabeth is a graduate of Texas A&M University and holds a degree in marketing with a Russian emphasis. Prior to real estate, she worked for Dell Computer in Austin, Texas, where she ranked number one overall in college recruiting. Elizabeth and her husband are active real estate investors in Texas. With her real estate knowledge, she now focuses her passion and almost 20 years of marketing experience in and around the Austin area. For over 10 years, Elizabeth has worked with all types of clients, from first-time home buyers to luxury home sellers and seasoned investors. She's responsive and dedicated to her clients' needs and makes the home buying or selling process seamless. During her career in real estate, she's received numerous awards and accolades. Most recently, she was ranked the number one agent at her Keller Williams Market Center, and was also a nominee for the Top Residential Real Estate Awards by the Austin Business Journal. Now, let's welcome Elizabeth as we join our host, Tim Harris.
1: Thank you very much for being part of our podcast series. I'm sincerely thrilled to have you on the podcast, you and I were just talking before I hit the record button, and we were like already off in a bunch of different directions. I love talking um, with people like you, and you and I were just talking about something very interesting. I'm just going to pick right back up where you and I left off, and then we'll get to the more typical, traditional interview questions. You were recently on a top-producing panel at, at uh, a big uh, brokerage event. In uh, um, where was it?
2: It was in New Orleans. Uh, in a New Orleans, weeks, right?
1: Ago. Right, and so you were on this panel, and you and I were just talking about the fact that you didn't feel, even though you certainly had the production and the success, to be on that panel. But you didn't feel like you were similar. And and, will you pick it up? I don't want to put words in your mouth. What were you? What were you trying to express to me prior to me hitting the record button?
2: (laughs) Well, it's just there were four of us up there, and our businesses were very, very different. And you know, you remember back in. I guess Sesame Street where they said one of these things is not like the other, the other three business models or or their businesses were very similar um, in how they approached it. And I was very different. And and what I said up there on stage was, you know, comparison kills joy. And I don't compare myself to others. And it's super easy. It would have been so easy for me to be intimidated sitting up with these guys because they were, they're amazing. And they're from all over the country. And we're in front of 2,000 people. Um, But I just had to realize, you know what, what I'm doing works for me. And what they're doing is awesome, and can I learn from them? Absolutely, but do I have to do exactly what they're doing to be successful? Not at all. So um, it was just it was just a reminder to me that this industry is super cool in that we can be successful in different ways, um, and there's not just one way to do something, or you have to do this or you won't be successful. So that's what I that's why I love this industry.
1: No, you're right, and that's probably one of the coolest things about it. It's not like buying a franchise where you're being told exactly how to do things, and you know, it, you have to. Everyone has to dress this way, and say this, and act this way, and answer customers' questions this way, and you know, <laughs> all that. You can actually pick and choose how you want to build your own real estate practice. Um, but that's not. But there's more to it than that. You, you know, I learned quickly from you in our pre-call here that you you work diligently at what you do you're not approaching real estate as a hobbyist you're approaching this as a career and when i heard you speak on a panel actually here in texas i also gleaned that from you you may be doing things that would be um well first of all let's let's answer that question how did you go from uh just getting your license 13 and a half years ago to making this your career to deciding do you remember the moment where you decided this was your career
2: I do. And it's kind of funny because um, I I might be different from other people. I did not want to get into real estate and I actually went kicking and screaming. <laughs> um, I got licensed in Georgia because um, at the time my husband and I were living there and my CPA, my husband and I were investors and my CPA said, one of you needs to get your license. And I was like, I'm not. And he's like, well, I have a full-time job with benefits, things like that. Yes. One of us has to do it and it's going to be you. And I loved what I was doing at the time. I was traveling all over the country. I was doing some really cool stuff. And real estate didn't fit into that that agenda for me. And so I, like a spoiled child, stomped my feet, got my real estate license. I was like, fine, I'm going to do this. And I went to the brokerage I was with for 10 years. And I went there because they would let me do it part time. And I just had to put minimal effort. And that was my whole approach. I'm just going to kind of do this. Um, and so then I, I surrounded myself with these people and I started learning that started reaching out to just my sphere, because I'm like, I am not the type of person that wants to go knock on doors and say, hey, I'm a realtor, or I, that's just so out of my comfort zone. And I like to treat people the way I want to be treated, right? So if somebody comes and knocks on my door or cold calls me, I'm, clo- I'm closed to that. I just, I'm not receptive. And that's just my personality. And so for me, the easiest thing was, let me reach out to my sphere and just say, hey, guys, you know what, I'm in real estate, or I have my real estate license, is what I said. If I can ever help you guys, let me know. And I had friends that were like, oh, yeah, this would be fun. Can you help me find a house? And very, very quickly I realized, oh, wait, I really do like this. Um, I like this flexibility. I like the uniqueness and not everything is the same every day. And so that's what happened. And so I started just focusing on my sphere, the people that I knew. Um, I didn't know anybody at that time, and you know, and as far as past clients, and so I just had to build that up. So we were there for a few years, and then we were transferred to Texas in '08. Um, same thing. I was I was not new to real estate, but I was new to the Austin market, and it was 2008. Not a good time to get into real estate. So I could, I, I get distracted easy, so I could focus on things and get distracted and then burn out, or I could do what I know and just see how I can be a service to people and reach out to the people that that would allow me to, you know, to, to represent them. Um, and so that's how I built my business here in 08. And I, once I moved here, I realized this is something I love. I'm very passionate about it. I'm going to make this a career. And, but for me, if I'm being completely honest and transparent, I don't have a, I don't know my numbers. I don't know, have a goal every year. Um, For me, success is if I just have to sell one house a year and I I treated my clients the way that they needed to be treated and it was a huge win for everybody, then that's awesome. Fortunately for me, word of mouth, referrals, past clients, uh, my business has just grown. And so I don't sell just one house a year, but. Um, that's how my approach is. So I I love what I do. I'm super passionate. It is not a job to me.
1: Okay, I'm sure many of you at this point are somewhat curious about eXp. It's something that seems to be on everyone's mind. eXp is obviously one of the fastest-growing real estate brokerages in the history of real estate. Um, I'm going to save you the effort of having to do a lot of Googling and a lot of research. We've prepared a video for you. All you have to do is text the word eXp. That's it. Just text the word eXp to 31996. Go ahead and do that now. Text the word EXP, well is that a word or those letters? I think they're letters. Just text the letters EXP to 31996 and you're going to be sent a link and you can watch a quick 7 minute video that EXP has provided so that you can get all your questions answered about EXP and take your, um, you know, decide if you want to pursue the opportunity any further. I have to say in all of our years in real estate, EXP is probably the thing that is going to be the biggest i think change agent if you want to call it that for real estate agents there's a lot of talk about technology companies, a lot of talk about you know different c r m s and lead generators and all this Mickey Mouse, but nothing that I've seen Julie and I've seen in the past couple of decades will have as much impact in a positive way uh on agents' ability to actually accumulate real wealth more so than e x p It's just a fantastic business model, seriously consider texting the word EXP to 31996. How many houses are you pacing to sell this year? So the funniest thing
2: about that is I went to a business planning class on Monday. I don't usually do those, and we had to have our numbers. And I was like, oh, I don't even know what my numbers are. I don't know what my numbers were last year. So I actually um, figured out my numbers just for that class. And so far this year um, i sold uh, 32 I have a few more under contract, so I may, if they don't push, I'll probably sell anywhere from thirty-three to probably thirty-five.
1: In And your average sale price in Austin, um, I mean, Austin's really gotten expensive. It's almost like insane, $1,000 a square foot downtown Austin. But what's your, what's your average sale price where you're selling?
2: Average sale price in Austin, uh, they said on Monday was $400,000. Um, I don't right. know how accurate that is just because of the surrounding areas. My, I think mine is probably there. I sell, uh, I sell an, uh, quite a few luxury. Um, I wouldn't say a ton of luxury. It just, it's kind of when it comes up. I, I work with luxury, but I think a lot of mine are usually above seven hundred, between so 700 and I, two, I, uh, I, 2 million.
1: Elizabeth, I won't, I won't ask you a numbers, another numbers question. I promise. said <laughs>
2: because you know I don't know my numbers.
1: <laughs> well, but you know, here's the thing. If you're not, if that's not your cup of tea. If you're not, and listeners, this is, you know, this is not for Elizabeth necessarily, but if you don't, if that's not your thing, then have somebody who's, who can track it for you, who it is their thing. If knowing your numbers and tracking all that stuff bogs you down and sort of, you feel like after even having the thought of it, you feel like you've, you know, been drained by a, you know, numerical vampire and you're not going to be able to be back to your uh, self where you can do business at a high level, then for God's sake, delegate it. And, you know, there's. That's a vast majority of the agents out there who don't want to track. and It's not because there's a deep psychological issue with it, even though in some cases there is. It's just because it's not their thing. They're not very good at it. They don't want to take the time to learn how to be good at it. I totally understand. Well, and for really me, do. it's
2: a complete distraction. Um, exactly. It's a, because for me, if I'm looking at my goal and my number, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do $20 million this year. Me, personally, I'm looking on how I'm going to get to $20 million instead of doing the day-to-day stuff I need to do to take care of my clients. And I'm not saying that's what people – I mean, goals are a big well, deal in business, and so I get that. But for me, it's just a distraction.
1: Yeah, but see, that's an interesting point, though, because what you're talking about if, – if, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but what you're talking about is ego. You're saying that if you felt yourself focusing too much on the numbers, uh, too much on, you know, I'm selling 400, I'm selling 500, I'm making this and the other thing, you're, do you feel that that would be a distraction from what your true mission is of being service to people? Is that what I'm hearing?
2: Yeah, yeah, because that's that not sense. important to me.
1: I mean, so if, I, if I'm if i treating yeah, my clients
2: like they're my one and only client and they are so thrilled, they're going to tell all their friends, right? So. I'm just trying to focus on, you know, I always joke, I take an hour. I take it hour by hour. I just focus on what's going on in that moment. I'm not looking at the big number overall picture. And, and I mean, I've done well, and maybe if I wasn't doing well, that would change. But it's just, to me, it's a distraction, and I just focus on the day-to-day.
1: So um, I, have, I wrote down two questions. The first question I wrote down is, your business is primarily centers of influence in past clients. I don't know the answer to this question, but I'm going to guess that you don't just do that Uh, here and there. I'm guessing that you have some kind of organized approach uh, in your own way that allows you to essentially stay in front of those folks. Do you mind sharing with the listeners what you do?
2: Oh, not at all. Yeah, I'm very um, focused on touching my clients. I try to touch my clients or be in touch with them at least three times a month in different ways. Sometimes I do a great job of that. Sometimes I don't. And, And really it's all about planning and being proactive. So I'm not having to be reactive, if that makes sense. Um, we all get busy, and if I don't sit down and take the time to just say, okay, you know what, for the next quarter this is what I'm going to do, then I'm, I'm scrambling. So what I try to do now is at the end of the year, and I've, I've already been starting doing this, I look at the future year, and I plan out January through December. And so each month I touch my clients with a direct mail piece. Um, it does not, most of the time it does not have anything to do with real estate, right? It's more about, keeping my name in front of them and because they're going to throw our stuff away, they're going to throw it away. And it's, I just want it to be effective and, and unique so that they want to open my mail. Right? I'm very passive in my marketing approach. So I mail something to them each month. Um, I have a newsletter, an electronic newsletter that goes out each month. And then um, one of the things I try to do is go to lunch or coffee with my clients each month because it's really my business is very relational. And if I'm in relationships with people, um, then they're they're going to think about me um, when looking to buy, sell, or invest or even refer me to somebody else. So when I'm going to lunch with them or coffee, I don't talk about real estate, but it always comes up. How's business? How are you doing? What's going on? And so it's really fun to talk about it that way. But when I'm talking with them or meeting with them, it's all about them. I really want to know how they're doing. The other well, questions that. are just passive. But,
1: but Elizabeth, focus there, because that's really an important point that you just made, and a lot of agents don't get that. When you're with somebody, you're present, you're not talking about yourself, you're, you're focusing on them, you, I imagine, just do this intuitively, or did you have to train yourself to do that? that? That's a good question. Did you have to train yourself not to be a typical realtor that's, you know, puking all their real estate stuff on, <laughs> on some poor stranger, or, or and, and did you have to teach yourself to be focused on focusing on that person and asking them questions? How did you come about with the realization that that's the highest form of communication?
2: That's just how I like to be treated. I mean, mm. it goes back to do unto others, right? I, I like it when people truly have a relationship with me. I'm extremely loyal. I work with people or companies because I have a connection with them. And so I just feel like I want to work with people that have a connection with me. You know, um, I, I get very involved in my transactions because of the relationships I have. So I don't think I had to train myself. Um, I think I do have to train myself to be more focused and not scattered sometimes. Uh, so that part is always, I'm constantly working on that, but I, as far as having a conversation and truly genuinely wanting to know somebody and get to know how they're doing and how I can help them, um, is just part of who I am. I, I am a connector. I love connecting people. And, um, if I know somebody that can help somebody else, I'm like, oh, you guys need to meet each other. And so that's just, that's just my personality.
1: So when you were talking about we we're talking about direct mail and you're talking about making sure your direct mail stands out, can you share with the listeners some of the things you do to make it so that before it hits the circular file, the trash can, that they have a, that you have a shot at having them remember what you mailed them? Can you give us an idea of the types of things you do?
2: Oh yeah, and, and your listeners will probably roll their eyes and say I will never do that, but again, it's figure out what what works for you. Um, I will do things that are just. Making people wonder what I'm going to do next. So, for example, for March, I sent out just – and it doesn't have to be expensive. That's the other thing. Don't spend a ton of money because it's going to be thrown out. It just needs to be effective. In March, I, I just printed on a Word document, a four-leaf clover from Clip Art, and said, you don't need a uh, luck in real estate. You just need Elizabeth Riley and the Lux Property Group on your team. And then I just put a dollar scratch off in there. And then I just said, you know, when you when you win big, make sure to call me for, you know, to help you buy your next castle or just have fun with it. Right. Um, Or Girl Scout cookies. You know, I I do Girl Scout cookies a lot, which are considered Popeyes, but those are part part of what I call a touch. Um, You know, I have four kids and there are little Girl Scout troops in, in that school. And so the way I'm doing this is kind of strategic in a way. I go to the, the troop leader, hey, I need a case of cookies from each of your Girl Scouts. And they're like, holy cow, what are you doing? Well, I'm a realtor and I'm giving them to all of my clients. And so all of a sudden they're like, that's amazing. And then the parents are like, oh my goodness, you just bought a whole case for my daughter? Yes, that's great. And then I put um, just a ribbon with my business card on it and I put it on everybody's door. And then I, every, it's, that one's pretty expensive and that one's a lot of work because it's clients in my database all over. the the city. I don't do it just with my clients. I do it with everybody in my database. Um, But the funny thing about that one right there is I always say I'm never going to, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And every single year without fail, they call me and they're like, hey, are you doing gross Scout cookies again? Um, I want to get Thin Mints this time. And they're placing orders. I'm like, okay, (laughs) well, I'm doing it again. You know?
1: That's funny.
2: That's ridiculous to not do that. Um, One of the things I do in December, and I just actually have mine coming in, um, instead of holiday gifts, instead of wreaths or chocolate or whatever, because all of my clients, you know, it's the holiday season, but they all celebrate different holidays, right? Um, instead of more stuff, what I do is I find a local organization, and sometimes it's somebody that's affected in my database, but I find a local organization and I make a donation in my client's name, in each one of my clients' name, And then I send out a card saying, You know, this holiday season, a donation has been made in your name to this organization with the website so they can learn more about it, and simply thank you for your continued support and referrals. Happy holidays. Simple. And the cool thing about that one is they don't know how much you've given. All they know is that you made effort in their name, and that means the world. I get more comments on this one touch than anything the rest of the year, right? Most people are sending out just list, just sold. Look at what I did. Look at how I how much business I've done this year. I'm not doing that. I'm doing something in their name that's kind of making a difference in our community.
1: So here's what's interesting. I hope listeners, you're hearing this. A, she's very humble, which I always love. All of you do. It's easier to oh, learn sweet. from some – well, you are. And uh... – Here's, you know, she's earning what, four or five, six hundred thousand dollars a year. This is not somebody who's not successful. She's very successful, but what you guys might not realize is she's very successful in a stupid competitive market of Austin, Texas, where you're competing against people that are just so tech oriented and focused on all this sort of, you know, offline uh or online forms of communication. Elizabeth, I haven't heard you say a single thing, and I'm not criticizing here, don't misunderstand me, about Facebooking and uh, Instagramming and you know all the rest of it. Your, your contacts, your work is direct. So in a lot of ways, you are making direct contact with these people, not so different, and I have a feeling you won't like this part, Elizabeth, but not so different than somebody who does prospect. You're just prospecting. You're just prospecting in a slightly more passive way, but in equally as a direct and perhaps in some cases more effective way. And I hope the listeners hear that she's not just mailing some electronic digital whatnot and hoping for the best. She's not liking on Facebook, though I'm sure she does that. She's actually proactively going out there, and um, you know, she's prospecting. She's just doing it in her own way. Did I did I say anything that offended you? If so, I apologize.
2: No, not at all. And. You're very right when you say I'm passive in my marketing. I mean, one of my big things is I have four kids in two different schools, and I market to those schools in a different way. I support the schools. I'm in the PTA. I am partners in education. I donate and um, sponsor all sorts of things. Whenever there's a need, they know they can come to me. But what's interesting is I never, ever want somebody to see me at the school and say, oh, my gosh, there's Tripp's mom, run, she's going to talk to you about real estate, right? But all of them know what I'm doing. You know, they all know that I'm in real estate. They all know that I'm successful. They know I'm giving back to the school. And I've had people organically that I don't even market to organically reach out to me and say, hey, can I ask you some questions? Absolutely, let's grab coffee. And so uh, any way I can help. So, no, I'm very, very passive just because, again, it goes back to my personality. Um, but I, I, I love
1: yeah, Elizabeth respectfully I would say you're not you're the exact opposite of passive. I know what you mean by really? passive versus, versus yeah. oh you're there's nothing passive about you. You're just well, not Well, I'm which, intentional, but
2: I'm, but I'm just
1: Yes, yeah. that's what I mean. You're intentional. You are con, you are what we call situ, if if you and I were a couple navy seals what we'd be describing your behavior as is being situationally aware. You're acutely aware that there's opportunities all the way around you. You just don't want to yeah. be you, you don't want to be an in your face type person. But to say that oh, that's you're right. passive is I think not giving yourself enough credit. And I think the listeners need to see that. She's not just sitting around waiting for her, an email to show up or a phone call to happen. She's out there making it happen. I mean, listen, listeners, yeah. to what she's saying. She's, when she's at her, you know, the PTA meetings and when she's – I can just imagine just in line at Starbucks. She's going to work it. Now, she's not just going to go and start slamming her business cards in people's hands, but she's probably going to have some, you know, well-thought-out opportunities to have some conversations with people that aren't going to be prominently about real estate, but they're going to be about their families, what are you doing this weekend, did you watch the UT game, all that good stuff, and then naturally it meanders into real estate. So, you're not giving yourself enough credit to say you're passive, you're not. (laughs) That's a very good point,
2: though. Intentional. Intentional is a better way to put it. I just, I'm marketing to them kind of just quietly, but... I will say I'm not really going to ask them how the UT game was. I'm an Aggie, so sorry there. But um, <laughs> well, you know no. that All might right. <laughs> that might have lost happier listeners. But you know it's funny you <laughs> mentioned the the technology piece. Can I address that for a moment? Please, yes. The, the face. Okay. So I um, I'm very loyal, and I was with my first brokerage for 10 years. Loved my brokerage. Still love that brokerage. And I just found another opportunity. And so my second brokerage that I'm currently at, um, I've been there three and a half years. Um, I was not on Facebook until I joined my second brokerage. So I've only been on Facebook about three years. And it's funny because a friend of mine told me, oh, my gosh, you are a caveman who found fire because it's super fun. But I'm so private on it, I get private, I get requests all the time. And I don't just accept people unless I know you. Just because it's my family, it's my world, and I'm sharing that. Um, but Facebook, I realized it is a very powerful tool. I don't do the boosting ads and the the at generating ads and all that kind of stuff mainly because I have no idea what to do and I don't I think I'm ADD because I don't have the patience to sit there and figure it out. So, if I'm being can completely I honest, I just don't know anything about it. Can I say something that will
1: make you feel better? Can I say something that will make you feel sure. better? Uh 99% sure. of it is a complete and utter and terrible waste of money. Matter of fact, yesterday oh, see? You see? see? Now one less thing for you to worry about. But yes, <laughs> now now but it's become this online marketing stuff has become a religion for people. That's how they're treating it almost. Uh, so yesterday there was a great article on Inman. Teek Wiggins wrote it, who is, in my opinion, Brad's best um, you know contributor. And it okay. was that he, Teak did this drill down on this article on the study that NAR did about agent websites. Did you see this, Elizabeth, by chance?
2: I did not.
1: Well, get this. I'll need to go back on, and look at
2: it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it was fast. It was really fascinating. On a, well, actually, what well, I liked is the results more than the article. Well, the article is great, but the results, what the comments that the agents. You know, but so the article basically said that essentially agent websites are a complete and utter waste of time, and most agents get a total uh, of zero leads from their agent websites per year, despite the fact that everyone tells them that they have to have one. And everyone tells them that you have to have one because people are going to search you and blah, 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 blah. And there's zillions of dollars that are spent every year by agents tr- because they think they're supposed to have some damn website. And that's one of the things, and you've seen this too when you – you know, talking with new agents, I'm sure people come up to you all the time trying to pick up a morsel of truth from you, how they can be successful like you. And I bet you every single one of them thinks they have to have a website. But here we go agent websites will generate you absolutely no business, and yet people are being sold into the belief that they have to have these fancy websites. Same thing is true with social networking. Same thing is true with social well, well, networking. They're,
2: they're... Realtors are the easiest target. I mean, they'll buy everything, you know, and um, yep, people yep. do come up to me and they, they're like, what can I do? I'm like, don't spend money until you're making money, right? Marketing Amen. does not have to be – it doesn't have to be expensive. It just needs to be effective. I don't spend a ton on marketing. I mean, there's certain little things that I'll do um, that just because I enjoy doing it, it's a little – like the Girl Scout cookies, that gets expensive depending on how many people you have in your database. But if I can spend, you know, the right amount of money on marketing, then what I like to do is I like to use my dollar's to be um, a sponsor for something bigger or something in the community. I love giving back to the community that serves me. And so I can take those dollars and be more effective that way. I mean, for example, the middle school came to me and said, you know, we don't have the funds to do a dance studio. Would you support and, and underwrite a dance studio? Now, I don't have any children in dance. However, what do you think my answer was? Absolutely. So my name went on a marquee And thank you so much for our new dance studio. For over a year in one of the most populated corners in Austin, Texas, everybody knew that I bought this dance studio for the school. So it's things like that I would rather do that give you more leverage and people know that you're giving back instead of just spending money to spend money.
1: But Let me give you – That makes me feel – let me give you this idea. I'm sure. give all the listeners this idea too. Okay, but no one in Austin could do this idea except Elizabeth. So even though I'm sharing oh with goodness. potentially tens of thousands, it's only for Elizabeth. But you, so you got okay. So one of the things that Julie and I used to do. This was my wife's idea. Uh, is every year we do this uh, pumpkin thing where we buy a bunch of pumpkins and we sell them and we donate all the proceeds. And that was, that's not the good. That's a good idea, but it's not a great one. Well, we had – someone told us, or Julie figured it out, I don't remember, that why don't we see if the American Red Cross wants to do a blood drive during the pumpkin Mm -hmm. event. Well, they said okay, and then we called the local elementary school. That's what got me thinking of this because you mentioned elementary school. We called the local elementary school, and we said, can we use your very strategically placed elementary school that's right at basically the the mouth of this big, huge community that we used to serve when we sold real estate? Can we set up a blood drive in this pumpkin fest thing? I think – I forget the name Julie gave to it. And uh, they said, sure, it sounds great. So they let the American Red Cross put up a bunch of gurneys in the classroom. I mean, it looked like, I don't know if you remember the, you're probably too young, but I don't know if you remember the show ER, you know, without all the oh, yeah. blood and gore. I mean, there were gr- there yeah. were gurneys everywhere. But here's what the American <laughs> Red Cross does, and this is the magic of it. When you're doing a, when, so you we did these events every year with them, um, and it always made it to local paper because the American Red Cross has a monstrous uh, organization behind it where they'll uh, get everything, uh, re- you know, press releases. We're going to be here at this particular weekend for this particular event, and then they prospect. They called into the community. They cold called into the community and said, "We're going to be here. We'd like to schedule you." It, they called all the people that donated blood in the past, and then they called. Then they started calling people that hadn't donated blood, and they had a line of people for the entire day lined up to give blood. Uh, you know, one year in particular, it was it was it was crazy because it started to get cold and we started giving it. Starbucks sponsored at the local Starbucks um, went through wow. like two massive like I don't even know how big. big anyway, the story goes that uh, that is a very cool way of bringing in multiple benefits to the community. It was the Red Cross. It was the pumpkin thing where we were donating. Starbucks was uh, participating. You know, just the local. Uh, Starbucks store was participating, not the national, obviously. So these are just different ways you can take something you're already doing and expanding upon it. Some agents this time of year, they like to do um, any time of year, they'll rent out movie theaters and they'll do like, uh, you know, all my past clients and centers have been, well, why don't you make it, opposed to just making it free, why don't you ask them to bring canned food or clothing donations right. you have a truck sitting in the park do things like that so you can bring more people in and then you compound your you expand the benefit that you're providing i mean that's truly in alignment with what all of our purposes are on this planet did any thoughts come to Absolutely. mind on my old diatribe there
2: well i love that i love that and, and it's funny you were talking about that and i did a um dump donate and shred day for the community and i thought that was <laughs> impressive until you're talking about you know i brought in the Red Cross and Blood Drive. So I need to step up my game, it looks like. But no, I love that. That's totally in line with what I'm doing because I just want people to know. And, you know, here in Austin, one of the big organizations is the Platinum Top 50. And you have to be a top producer, but you also have to give back to the community and, it's, and being involved. And it names the Top 50 agents in Austin. And I've been honored and blessed to be a part of that and recognized for five years. And so that's just... I grew up in a family – I mean, I grew up in a foster a family with foster children. We had 180 foster kids in 20 years. And so wow. I think that just my uplead, yeah, my upbringing, just I want to give back. I want to help. I want to – what can we do together, right? So that's just me. But, you know, back to the Facebook thing real quick, I use Facebook in a very different way than I think most people do. I don't spend money on Facebook. But, like, as a perfect example, um, I, was, I had to go up to Liberty Hill on Wednesday, which is about 45 minutes from Austin. And a friend, a client of mine, I saw on Facebook, she was just having a rough day. Well, she lives up in Liberty Hill. I'm never over there. But since I was up there, I just went by the little, you know, Randall's or grocery store, got a real pretty little bouquet of flowers, wrote her a note, just said, I know you're having a rough day. I just wanted to let you know I was thinking about you. And I just put it on her doorstep. And she, they they were floored by that. So if you're just aware of who your quote unquote friends are, your sphere is, your clients, and you're just paying attention. And you can like and comment on that, too. But just little unexpected acts of kindness, man, that goes a long way. And it doesn't cost a lot. So that's just how I like doing my business. I'm teaching my kids the same thing. And uh, it just it works for me.
1: So you, I'm, I'm really curious. You said you had, how many uh, foster kids your parents fostered when you were growing up? Did you say 180?
2: We had 180 over 20 years, yes.
1: That's incredible. And my youngest so,
2: sister I, is actually adopted out of the system.
1: So that must be like, do you, I can't even imagine that. That must have been a really amazing way to grow up because you had essentially these sort of brothers and sisters that were always kind of coming and going. And, wow, that 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 explains a lot in your mindset about approaching business from a true heart of caring because your parents taught you well on that one. I think that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty like, profound. I've never heard that before. Yeah,
2: it's kind of crazy because I went to um, a charity event. I'm I'm on the board of a couple organizations, and I'm on the advisory board for a company or a organization here called Partnerships for Children. And um, they work to find foster homes or, or have families that want to be foster families because we have 400,000 foster children in central Texas, foster children. Wow. And um, it's heartbreaking to me, right? So I'm really involved in that. And last night they had what's called the Heart Gallery. And professional photographers would come in and, and you know, they would take photos of these children that are, for whatever reason, about to age out of the system or don't have families or don't have parents that truly are looking to be adopted. Um, And it was just, it was heart-wrenching to me. And I was thinking about it and reflecting on it later because everybody says that, oh, my gosh, what a cool way to grow up. And, you know, selfishly, I was young. So I was upset a lot of times that my mom, I didn't get the attention, you know, that I might have gotten otherwise or what have you. But, you know, so – you're growing up in that and it's chaos. And I'm also the oldest of six. So, you know, so it's just I grew and I always joke that I thrive in chaos probably because of my upbringing. But as I grew up and I look back on that, man, we had a lot of love to give. And we, we gave these children homes and safety and security that they didn't have. Um, and, you know, I think everybody deserves that. And so if there's a way – and, you know, I'm in real estate. You know, you're giving people – the opportunity for them to buy a home and their safety and security and so i think it just all ties really well together and i'm super blessed with the way i grew up and um it it has it's taught me a ton and um it allows me to be a a better mother in teaching my children and raising them
1: so you you said something a bit ago i wrote it down so i wouldn't forget you said you sweat you were with um one brokerage for a long period of time and you switched to another brokerage. That's something a lot of agents, that's probably Elizabeth and our coaching company from our podcast. That's definitely one of the top three questions that we get just emailed to us or, you know, well how do I choose a broker, how do I know it's time to leave a broker, which I look where the characters and quality, blah, 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 blah. You know, all those broker questions. Everyone, as the market starts to change, as the economy starts to change, as all those people always, agents always take a start, start to take a hard look about their business expenses and so this is, you know, a very common thing. You were with a brokerage for a long period of time. You switched to a different brokerage. Can you share with the listeners that process?
2: Sure. Um, I never thought I'd leave. When I left my brokerage, um, there were 615, I think, agents in my office, and I was number one. And so when you're at that point, you're like, it's easy, right? Change is never easy. So what I was doing was easy. I was, my business was great. I, I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. It was no big deal. It wasn't until there was an opportunity that, was, that I was faced with. And you have a choice to make. It's like, okay, I felt kind of stagnant where I was. Um, for me, it's very, my family is my world, right? I have a husband that travels all the time. I have a 12, 9, 7, and 5-year-old. And so I'm a busy mom, and, and they're my priority. I mean, I drop them off every day. I do my work, and I pick them up every day. I want to be present with them. Um, and, you know, during that last year that I was at my old brokerage, I, I wasn't. It was all about business, and I was drowning. And I told my husband, I said, I, I want to get out of the business. And he said, you love this. I said, no, I, I don't. You know, I don't love this anymore. I've got to do something or I'm going to burn out. And it wasn't necessarily a brokerage. It was just where I was in my business, and I, I didn't feel like I was growing. Um, well, can you explain that?
1: On, on, can you sure. just – you, you didn't feel like you were growing. Can you drill down on more what that means?
2: Yeah, I love to coach and train and teach. I love to mentor. That's just, again, I mean, not for finan- not for financial gain, just because that's who I am. Um, and I would – but there wasn't any of that for the top agent, right? So it was all kind of the same information. It was like, well, how do I get better? What-, what can I do to better serve my clients, you know, at a higher level? And the response was always like, well, you could go across the country and go to this training and pay this money, and uh, are you doing coaching at this much money a, a month? And – no, I can't because, my I mean, again, that was four years ago, so my kids were much y- younger. I can't. I don't have that luxury. What else is there for me? And nobody could really give me any answers. And so I just didn't feel like I was growing. Um, and, and I wasn't having fun. I told you at the beginning of this podcast that I do this because I love this. I, this is not a job to me. Um, I'm truly passionate about what I do. And when, when that passion is gone, and, you know, I'm fortunate because not everybody loves their job. Um, but when that passion is gone and you don't really want to do it and it's not motivating you anymore and you, you're blessed enough that you really don't have to work, um, you just get a little complacent and in a rut. You're stuck in a rut. And that's where I was.
1: Um, and so, so for what, me. Well, what about the new brokerage uh, was appealing to you? So, I mean, getting back to the question, because this is, again, a very common question, is how do I go about choosing a brokerage? You are well established. You are, you know, top of the food chain at this old brokerage. Uh, God bless them, right? And so you decided to leave. What was it that made you want to, you know, because it obviously was not an easy decision for you. Uh, First of all, what brokers did you join and why did? what would be the top three reasons why you decided to join them?
2: Sure. Um, I joined a company called eXp Realty. And uh, at the time I joined, there were about 400 agents nationally. Um, And the reason I joined goes back to relationships. I found out about EXP because of the agents that I was in business with in Atlanta, Georgia, and these were friends of mine. I mean, I trusted them. I loved being in business with them, and they had called me and said, "Hey, Elizabeth, I know you love where you are, but we're doing something pretty cool, and we want you to be a part of it. We want the right agents to be a part of it, and they knew they knew my character, they knew my you know integrity was huge for me. and you know you talk, I had been talked to about this for about a year or so. And I'm like, no, 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 thanks so much. I'm not, I'm not interested. And then, you know, another person that I had a relationship with and I trusted said, look, you just need to look at this model. And so I did. And uh, at the time, our founder, Glenn Sanford, came down to Austin and I met with him. And he showed me we have a virtual campus, which is amazing. And I never really thought it would be that cool until I use it all the time. Um, And I didn't really get it because, again, technology isn't my thing. I'm like, okay, whatever. But he showed me all this stuff. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But really what sold me was who he was, right? Glenn, our founder, is just so humble and so approachable and authentic. And those are the characteristics that I look for. And then the president at the time of the company, Jason Guessing, came down. Same thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to be in business with these people. And then I started meeting the rest of the leadership and understanding what they were doing for agents and what opportunity I had in front of me. Um, And so the first thing I would say is relationships. That was a big thing for me. I I wanted to go where my tribe was. I wanted to be among the same types of people. Um, Number two for me was the article I read when Glenn handed me the trends report written by Stefan Swanepoel, which – I hope your listeners know who that is. To me, he's, he's real estate royalty, and I love Stefan. I mean, he's broker blind. He's just an industry trends expert, and he wrote an article in the Trends Report, and it was talking about the different brokerage models, and he wrote an article about EXP, and he said, this is the one to watch. This is the Amazon.com of real estate. And so that was number two for me because I'm like, well, what if we were part of Amazon.com way back in the day, right, when everybody said that wouldn't work and look where they are now? Why, why not try? Um, and number three for me was the fact that it's a publicly traded company. There were stock opportunities there, and I, you know, that was something that was that was intriguing to me as well. So those would probably be the, the top three reasons I went. So, and
1: it took me a so while you, to do it. It took five months. That to I was make about to ask you, you. You said that I was curious about that. So you had been approached or had this show up on your radar before, and you had said no to it. In retrospect, why did you shoot it down before? why, what did it, I I get the fact you had your friends in Georgia that um, you trusted that were saying, hey, we're doing this, but what was it that was preventing you from fully exploring it uh, in retrospect? Can you remember?
2: I don't know what the reason was. I thought about that myself. (laughs) I just think, you know, timing's everything. I was just in my groove. Mm -hmm. I was doing great. I wasn't at that breaking point, you know, and I, I probably only had three kids, and, you know, you throw in a fourth. It just completely changes your world, and Um, and maybe it was the way I was approached. You know, I, Mm. the, the one that approached me, I adore him. I adore him, but he wasn't really into, he wasn't really into production, right? He wasn't doing what I was doing on a daily basis. And it wasn't until a year later, you know, somebody else that I truly respected same in that same group who was in production and was like, let me show you why this is changing my business. And I want you to look at this. I'm like, okay, great. So that's when I started looking at it. Um, Seriously and then once I made the decision, okay, I'm doing this, it still took five months to, you know, like get over the hump and make and do it. Because it's scary. Change is scary. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm kicking myself I didn't go, you know, way earlier. But, you know, again, I can't I can't dwell on that. I just have to just Focus on the fact that I'm here and what it's done for my business. I mean, it it, it catapulted my business, which I never thought was possible. You know, where I thought well, I was I was broken. I I grew to new levels, and I'm excited that, every single it, day. And I've been there three and a half years.
1: All right, so I'm going to remind all of you: you want to text the word EXP to 31996. Go ahead and do that now, and you'll be uh, texted back a link of for a seven minute video that answers all your questions about EXP. So go ahead and do that now. Text the word Exp to three one nine nine six takes two seconds, and uh, yeah, we'll text you back with the video. You can just watch it, and uh, have all your questions answered. I'm sure that's what our listeners are curious about uh, too. You just said that you basically were feeling like you'd stalled out in your old brokerage. And listeners, I'm asking these questions because I'm hoping that with Elizabeth, her, her you know being very transparent with it, sharing her own journey to be at a new brokerage. I'm hoping you guys are learning from the thought process that goes through the mind of a top producer. You know, she wasn't somebody that was going to take this decision lightly. This was a really big deal. Um, And, uh, yeah, it took – it was the right – it was essentially – what I'm hearing you say is at the time you weren't ready for the opportunity, but uh, when reproached, you were ready for the opportunity, and then you were receptive to it. But here's the thing, listeners, that – I was doing some homework prior to this interview because I knew she was at EXP – And I'm, you know, get this guys. At the beginning of 2018, roughly speaking, and if my numbers aren't right, it's because whatever. But they're close. There's something like 5,000 agents (laughs) of all EXP agents. And Elizabeth joined when there was 300. But now, finishing this, finishing finishing 2018, EXP is approaching 20,000 agents. And EXP now, again, I I just take this for what it's worth. I don't have any. I'm just reading these in different articles, but EXP is now the fifth largest real estate brokerage in the world, and there's never been anything that's grown this fast in the history of real estate within you know in the brokerage community. This is something that's really truly special. What, Elizabeth, when you're talking, and again, I've been do, we're doing a series of interviews. We're going to do like 20 interviews, all kind of around you know top producers, and asking very similar questions. But eXp is something I have to say I'm hearing come up constantly. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are very finding it very interesting. It's the virtual campus. It's the it's the environment. It's the community. That's a big thing I hear from a lot of people. You said it too. There's oh, yeah. this sort of this this collaborative community. There's not this big sort of institutionalized, ego egotistical, you know, one way to do it. And, you know, all that. There's like a sense of freedom that does remind me of things like Keller Williams back in the 90s. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know. You know, you – that that's just that's it feels like that It feels very entrepreneurial it feels very supportive it feels it's very it feels,
2: entrepreneurial yeah yeah and
1: it's fun wow. too i mean you know we're interviewing gene fredericks and 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 he's one he's a you know he was at keller williams just forever and known regions and all this rest of it and he said something that i wrote down and i thought it was really you know and this is what i'm hearing from all you exp guys is that exp is making real estate fun again you know and, yeah. and that's that's something that's kind of like, hey, you know what, it, it, it isn't fun. And it was fun. And, yeah, I get that. I want it to be fun again too. So that's what I'm hearing from well, you. Well, and
2: it's not, yeah, I, and I'm, at, I'm like giddy over the company. And it's not that my old brokerage was bad. My old brokerage helped me get to where I am. The new brokerage, though, is something that's not been done. And it's kind of a fun to be a part of that journey. I mean, we're still young. We've got about 15,000 agents right now. And so to see the growth that we've experienced over the last three and a half years has been unbelievable. I had no idea that that's what would happen. Um, But I mean, as a prime example, this morning, every Friday morning, we have a leadership meeting in the cloud. right? We all have avatars. My kids think I'm playing roadblocks. It's the funniest thing. But um, (laughs) in the cloud, there were 488 people in this one meeting. And at my old brokerage, if we had a leadership meeting, we were lucky to have 10 or 20 people in there. You know what I mean? So it's just the way it's allowing us to do business. I, I tell this story all the time. I do some luxury here in Austin. Um, and there was a class, this was a couple of years ago. There was a class in the cloud on luxury and okay. We've talked about ego. You know, I don't really have an ego, um, but this is going to sound very arrogant. Okay. I'm like, Oh, I do. I do luxury. I love to teach. Let me go in that class. And I'm, I'll add some nuggets. Let me just, you know, teach some things, right? Thinking I'm going to be helpful. I walk my little avatar in there and it's Two of the agents, top agents from Beverly Hills and Hollywood Hills teaching luxury. And I'm like, huh, let me just sit my avatar down and take some notes, right? (laughs) So, oh, I'm serious because their market's so completely different. But can I learn from these guys? Absolutely. Can I, you know, make it my own in my own market? Yes, because we're collaborative. We're not competitive. They don't care. They're not – You know, I always felt like when I was on panels here or, you know, at my old brokerage and stuff, like you would help and tell everybody and agents what you were doing. But you always – I always felt like they were keeping back some of the secret sauce. Like, okay, really, how are you really doing that? In our model, we're – there's no borders, right? We're open to campus and we share that.
1: You're saying something now that that's the the essence of what makes this uh, EXP thing so interesting is that uh, you're – I know exactly what you're saying – having sold real estate, Julie and I were Howard Britain people, we did the whole thing. And you are absolutely right. You know, Julie and I were Howard Britain stars. I don't even know if you know who Howard Britain was. I don't but those top those top producers when they're in front of these big panels of thousands of agents, they would not say uh, to the big audience of the masses what they were do what they would say to the group of us who were also fellow stars, right? So the conversations that were happening uh publicly, we're not the ones that were happening privately. I mean we'd all meet later right. and have drinks and whatever. And then we talked talk about what we were really doing. And then there was the right. public space of what you were supposed to say that everyone you – know, it was always the same thing, right? I work by Centers of Influence of Past Clients. I do some direct mail, blah, 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 But then when you meet with people, then they drill down like hopefully we did effectively on this podcast where we start talking about, well, okay, Centers of Influence of Past Clients, what do you do? What is the messaging? What is the da, da, da? that sort of thing? And that's the thing that's interesting because EXP has uh, created inside of its actual financial model a culture, a a, a sort of a cultural reinforcement for people honestly trying to help each other. And here's the thing: uh, help me understand this, okay? So number one, um, there EXP, as you said, is a publicly traded company. We don't need to get into the nuances of essentially how agents get stock and how they can buy stock at a 20 percent discount, and how they get stock for recruiting and stock for doing transactions. Let's, we won't talk about that. But I'm really interested in your take on this revenue model. So explain to the listeners, and, and let's just assume that you and I are not going to get all the, the explanations perfectly. We're not having spreadsheets and having anybody, you know, but in your own words, explain to the listeners what the revenue model means.
2: <laughs> so the revenue share is very interesting because at my old brokerage they had something similar. It was it was more profit share and um, I was pretty successful there, but that burned me out quite a bit because all the agents I'd bring on, I, I felt like they weren't getting enough support. So I would mastermind and I would kind of take them under my wing and be like mother hen. Okay. So I was masterminding with like 60 agents all the time and, and it was drowning me, which I think is probably part of the reason I got burned out. Um, so when, when, this model was approached, or I was approached with this model. That was one thing I was not interested in. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's great. You take the revenue share. I'm not interested in that. I'm just interested in the stock and the fact that I can get stock in six different ways at this company. Um, there are two different ways to bring people to the EXP, in my opinion. And this might not be popular, but I, I say my, what I think. So there's recruiting and there's attracting. Okay, and it's very different, and it's fine. People do things differently. For me, it's about attraction. I want to attract great agents. I want to attract great producers. I want to attract great talent from all over the country that will help us all become better agents and become better, you know, at what we do and as a company. And so for me, that was eye-opening because now I'm in business and I can attract great people that I can truly be in business with and can we can help each other grow. Um, I'm on a mastermind every Tuesday night with, like, 12 of us from across the country that are top agents all because of this company. And we're masterminding on how we can help, and it's helping bring other people in. So I like attracting agents. Um,
1: can we talk about I, something garish? Can we talk about money? Do you mind if we talk about that? If you don't want to, I have some notes.
2: We can talk about it. I don't know how much I'll answer, but yes. <laughs> okay, no problem. Listen,
1: I, I, like I said, I've been doing a lot of these interviews, so actually I've been really deep diving, trying to understand the revenue model, and I'm by no means an expert. But I'll tell you this, listeners, um, for what I've been able to, you know, patch together, is that the revenue model will essentially create, uh, for most agents, enough passive income that they'll have all of their monthly personal and business fixed costs covered, and With, As she said, just attracting agents. When you move over to eXp, and this is what I heard continuously, people, well, I saw you switch from XYZ to eXp. Explain to me why you did that. Well, this is why they have this, you know, there's a lot of very clearly defined benefits, USPs, if you guys want to use old school marketing terms. That U.S. That EXP offers that nobody really comes close to. I mean, Elizabeth and I, you know, touched on a few of them, but it goes so much more. I'll tell you something else, just and I'll jump back to the revenue thing. The technology uh, package, the technology, tech, all the support that agents get. I did. A, I put pen to paper, and, and like someone was saying, well, they get Commissions, Inc., they get you know all these other software things. I went to the websites as if there are, I are you know, just an agent looking to you know subscribe, and I added up how much all that would cost per year, and I came up with almost forty thousand dollars. Now, again, I'm not an expert at this, but you get all that at EXP as part of being an agent, and that's all the the. This, the system that they've built is unparalleled. I haven't seen anything. The virtual campus too. I'll be, you know, I was. What the heck is a virtual campus? Yeah. And they gave me a little. They gave me a little avatar to play around with, and it did feel weird. I'm you know, I'm 48, so maybe I'm not quite in that generation, but I did dance, dance around with it, and I got to thinking. Well, it, it, was, it took me probably about two minutes, and then it started feeling intuitive, which was really weird. There must be some right. sort of deep wired something or another, and and then. As you were just describing, you can walk over, you know, your avatar can walk around in this virtual world, and you can walk into educational events that are going on. You can, you can sit around and talk to people about market changes. You can go, and there might be a little conference going on with how to sell, you know, beachfront properties for over $10 million. But the other cool thing is, is you can meander over to, like, the tech section if you're having a problem with your own computer or whatnot, and there's uh, EXP staff that are there, that, and their, their avatars will help you. There's like the supports. people think, age, new agents especially, they think they're going to join a brokerage, and all of a sudden the brokerage, the broker's job and mission in life is to make you successful. It, listeners, it couldn't be any further from the truth. Most brokerages, when you join them, they're just going to basically make you attend a few statutory, mandatory classes, and you are on your own. And that's the reason, yes. that's in our statistic, that 80% of all the homes in five years will be sold by agents that don't even have real estate licenses yet. Uh, actually, I heard that from um, – Another EXP agent. When I was doing an interview with him the other day, and I think that's shocking. And the reason is, is because there's really no continued support for agents. So right. just all the there is no, there's there is no real parallel to the point where, it, actually, I've, as I've gotten further down this rabbit hole, as I've interviewed more EXP people I'm, and the the caliber of people that are switching to EXP, I'm actually kind of shocked uh, how genius the model is. That's the only way I can really describe it. You know. And I'm trying to be a disinterested third party the best I can. I'm trying to just, you know, provide really valuable information for our listeners. So this Rev share model, guys. I know what you're thinking. You're very curious, especially now that you're learning more about the revenue share model that EXP offers. Go ahead and text the word EXP to 31996. Just go ahead and do that now. Just text the word EXP to 31996 and we'll text you back a quick video that explains everything you need to know about EXP in just a quick seven minute video. And we'll also give you access to having additional questions answered. So while you're thinking about it, go ahead and text the word EXP to three one nine nine six. Do that now. EXP three one nine nine six. I don't. I mean, I don't understand how all the you know the different things work and how all the recruiting works. But the bottom line is, is if you have um, if you recruit something like five agents over the next five years, you recruit five agents a year for the next five years, and those agents are all terrible at recruiting. And the agents that they recruit are terrible at recruiting. In essence, people are just doing this at a very low level. And they're at, and basically, it's not something that anyone's ever – they're not real drilled down and focused on recruiting. It's just a passive activity that happens just from normal conversations that you're having every day with other real estate practitioners. The amount of money you can make uh, per year is low six figures depending on how many of them are cappers. And for many agents, that's not just a game changer. That's a generational life changer. Because for an agent to have, the, if you get to the essence of what most agents live in fear of, they get used to the omnipresent pressure of having to have transactional lives, right? So I need to do more deals. Oh my gosh, my deal's closed. I need to try, you know, generate more deals. That constant stress and pressure is what causes agents to prematurely age. You know, there's not very many agents well, and that's that why actually, I yeah,
2: have re- Yeah, ahead. they have passive income, and that's well, that's why it allows you to work smarter, not harder, right? I
1: exactly. mean, you're,
2: you you have an exit strategy if you will. I mean the stock is incredible, the revenue share is incredible. That's not the reason I came to the company really. Um I mean it's been bonus, but if you're here's here's the thing the way I look at it. If you're doing business um the way you should be doing business and your business is growing, which this company has allowed my business to grow. I mean mm-hmm. like the first my first full year at EXP after I had just come off of um you know my old company number 1 uh, I didn't know this, but I, there were at the time 2,000 agents, I think, and I was number one in the country. Um, had no idea. Next, the next year, um, 2016, no, 2016, there were 5,000 agents maybe, and I was number one again. And I'm like, how is this possible? And I'll tell you, it's because of how our model is. It's because of the training and the teaching, and we have 40 hours of live training. A week. I mean, I was in a training, a leadership class this morning, ran over to transaction to check on something, and then ran into accounting. I never had to leave my office. I mean, I could be in my PJs. I'm not. I did shower and dress for you today. But um, I could be in my PJs, but I've been so effective in, you know, my day and my time management. But on the rev share, what happened with me is people want to be in business with people they know, like, and trust, and they just like as clients, right? I approach revenue share and agents just like I do my clients. It's all about relationships. People organically came to me and said, I want to do what you're doing. I want to be in business with you. I want to go where you're going, and they came with me. And so people people are always watching, and they're definitely watching us at EXP. But if you're building your business and creating a better business and you're having fun again in real estate, people want to know why, and they want to be a part of it. And so that's what I mean by attracting versus recruiting. The first person who called me the XP was trying to recruit me. And it didn't It didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel like he was really trying, and, and not a knock against him, right? I mean, there was just, it was a brand new company, right? But it just didn't feel like there was any substance on how it could make me a better agent, and what, I didn't realize what we had. Um, it wasn't until somebody that was in production that was like, okay, Elizabeth, I know production is important to you, this is what you could do, that I really understood it. So, if this company can make you a better agent because we're a real estate company, people are going to want to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And they want to come along.
1: And yes, it can be very,
2: it can be very beneficial.
1: Just for the sake of talking about numbers, um, (laughs) can you tell a story? And if you don't want to use your own story, maybe somebody that you have uh, brought into EXP, somebody you've sponsored, could you maybe tell a story? Do you have anything in mind? Anybody, uh, some of the other people I've interviewed, they've given me some really, you know, shared some really interesting stories about, you know, people that are uh, will join EXP and then just – they increase their production, they increase their net profit, but the thing they never expected, they took for granted, kind of like what you were saying, is the revenue share. And I had somebody yesterday – I still am thinking about it, this gal who basically had told her kids – this is emotional to me. She told her – she had two girls, uh, and they – oh, your college is paid for, your college is paid for. But what she didn't tell them is she had to use all their savings – the, what was the kids, right. the, you know, college during the last real estate crash. And the kids were like in 10th grade and 11th grade, you know, they're a year apart. Yeah. And so a high school and they didn't, you know, they still thought college was paid for college. And mom had perpetuate mom and dad had perpetuated this sort of lie, right? And she had discovered EXP and this from the revenue share, she's, in, you know, still selling real estate, still kicking butt, but from the revenue share alone, as the story went, She's easily able to pay for the kids' college. That to me is—I uh, don't know what that is. That's almost spiritual. Well, it's life-changing,
2: you know? changing is what that is. Totally, yeah.
1: it's well, life-changing.
2: It's, it's, I can—I can. Yeah, go well, ahead. I can tell you a couple of stories because this is the stuff I love. I mean, because we're changing people's lives by doing what we're what we're meant to do, right? So I'll tell you a couple of stories, um, if, if you will, and then you can see Please. what's important or not. But I was at the XCon a couple of weeks ago, which is our big conference. And this was the biggest one we've had in our 2000 agents there. And it was incredible. And there was somebody that I've known since the very beginning. And we, the, my friend and I walked up to him, we gave him a big hug and we're like, where's your wife? You know, cause we always see her there. And he said, Oh my gosh, I have a story to tell you. And he had tears in his eyes. I go, what? I mean, I'm thinking something bad happened. Yeah. He said, listen, I grew up in track housing. I grew up with nothing. He said, um, because of this company, the reason she's not here is because we just closed on our dream home last week. We paid for it free and clear, two acres, a little cabin. It's a little um, like a log cabin type style home um, with my, for my three boys so they don't ever have to worry about not having a home. And we were able to buy a rental property that will produce enough income to pay off the taxes every single year. He said, I have just oh. set my family up for the rest of their life generationally. Like, that's huge, right? Like, what other real estate companies said, oh, yeah, I sold a bunch of houses, I'm going to be able to do this? I mean, that's why we see people in their 80s still selling real estate, because they don't have a plan, right? So that was amazing in itself. Another friend of mine that, because of this company, I've met her. She's a mega producer in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, She she wrote a post the other day just wanting to share, and she was sharing with us. Uh, She said, you know, 15 years ago, I was standing in a soup kitchen line with my children and a baby on my hip, homeless. And because of this company, I just now paid off my mortgage free and clear. And I would have never been able to do that without this company, right? I mean, that's huge. Me, I can tell you, I've got four kids. They're expensive. But their college, I've already funded their college account. Um, So they pretty much can go anywhere they want. Their colleges are already paid for because I have them sitting in accounts now. Because that was my priority. I wanted whatever money I was taking. Materialistic, Materialistic things aren't important to me. Um, My husband drives a car that has three hundred thousand miles on it. Mine just hit one hundred fifteen thousand because it's like they're great, they're fine. We don't need the fancy, Um, but we did build a new house, and we in October was the first, you know, the first year in it. Um, But my college, my kids' college fund is paid for, and my goal for twenty nineteen is this house that I just built. I'm going to pay for this coming year
1: because of this company. It's going to be paid off, and clear. But listeners, I hope you're hearing something else too. That's the other thing, Elizabeth. I don't think you know. The, the values of EXP are pay your shit off. I'm sorry for swearing. The values of EXP are, are, are to appreciate the opportunity, uh, and and then it's not an ego thing. Like that's what I'm hoping you guys are getting from that. I certainly am learning along the way here. Th- that's something that's exciting to me because that's so much in alignment with, you know. It's in alignment with basically the values that puts people on a long-term path to ever-increasing levels of success, where if the economy goes up, the economy goes down, you still have the stability. You don't have to live in fear, like most real estate people do, of, oh, my gosh, are interest rates going to rise? Or, oh, my gosh, is this closing going to happen? Because you have the passive right. income from the revenue share. That, to me, in my mind, having been a coach forever, having had literally hundreds of thousands of one-on-one coaching calls, is the game-changer of game-changers because it cures all agents' biggest problems. Imagine what it would feel like, and Elizabeth knows this because she experiences this, knowing that all your monthly expenses are completely covered every single month, and the money you earn from real estate transactions can go to the house, the 529s, can go to the whatever you want to put the money towards, the charities. That's a different right. level of operating. And it's fascinating too because sometimes, like I've been, um, you know, agents have this mindset, especially when they get into real estate. New agents, this is just for you. Selling real estate does not make you rich. It's what you do with the money that you uh, get from selling real estate that will make you rich. And rich is not some big fat guy with a big belly with a you know a vest on smoking a cigar. It's not some monopoly figure. Rich is simply where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. That's what we're describing where you can wake up and you have Exactly.
2: Yeah, and setting your family up for success, right? I mean, my husband and I, our whole goal was always we have rental properties. And our whole goal was, okay, you know what, one day we'll retire and we'll be able to live off of that. And it's like, I mean, those are a ton of work too. And so I want my money to work for me in different ways. But like I said, the company – it's just, it's exceeded any expectation just because of the leadership and the, and the value of the company, but providing the opportunities it does because of the rev share and stock opportunities, it's just, you know, unbelievable. And one of the things, so this is going to be, you know, we talk about monetary things and, and what we're doing with it, but I told you I grew up with really nothing, right? And um, one of my biggest things, is I love surprises. My kids hate it. My husband hates it. But I love it. So they have to just go along with it. And so every year I plan a surprise trip somewhere. And it's, I mean, it's super fun for me. It's so stressful for them. I pack their bags. I pack everything. They have no idea. And so, like, this summer um, we showed up at the airport. And they're like, where are we going? I was like, I guess you're going to find out. And we had, like, two airplane stops. And they're like, we're going here? Yep, sure. And then we get on another plane. but. What I was able to do because of this company is I took my kids to – we went to Vancouver. We've never been. And it, and time I go somewhere, I'm like, we're going to do it right because I'm, we're probably not going to go back because there's so many cool places in the world to see, right? And I want experiences for my kids. I want them to appreciate memories and experiences, not stuff, right? So we went to Vancouver for five days, checked out Vancouver, and then one day they're like, oh, this is really awesome, so fun. And then one day – We're driving, and my seven-year-old said, oh, my gosh, Mom, look at that. That's a Disney ship. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And he goes, maybe one day we could go do that. And I was like, let's go look. And they're like, no, we can't go in there. It's only for cruise ships. And I was like, well, yeah, we're going to go in there. And they're like, Mom, we're going to be in trouble. We pull up, and they pull up, or they open the door, and they're like, well, welcome. And I I took them on a surprise seven-day Disney cruise to Alaska. And, you know, stuff like that you can't do. That company allows me to – collaborate with like-minded agents and people. We all help each other out. I had an agent, a friend of mine, she didn't expect anything from me. I didn't expect anything from her. She covered my business. I covered hers when she went on vacation. Our culture and our company is so amazing to allow us to do that. But, yeah, the, the people here, they allow us to be able to cover our business and be able to have our families and create those memories. But then the company itself with RevShare and things like that allow us to to create those memories as well. So there's just so and many you, things you can do. Whatever is important to somebody.
1: And you can have just from the meats and potatoes. And I love that story. I'm gonna. I I that was a little emotional hearing you tell that story. That must have made you feel unbelievably good being able to do that for your family. I'll probably steal oh, so that fun. idea for mine. I loved it. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, yeah. So the nice thing also we're talking basically why the uh, EXP culture is real. It's not convoluted. You can actually um, you you can actually have people that you're sponsoring anywhere and soon in the world, but in the United States because EXP is licensed in all 50 states now. So you could, you're not just limited to working with agents um, in your um, you know on you an individual team and you're. Uh, in just uh, Austin, you can actually work with agents anywhere in the country, right, and I guess the exp is in Canada now, so that 's pretty amazing because you can go to a conference or you can just be sitting Julie and I were sitting in the airport, flying to California in August, and some big Keller Williams event had just let out, and we 'd had no idea. And we were sitting literally amongst all of them, and it turns out two or three of them had purchased our book. <laughs> Julie and I are like, why are these people staring at us? We didn't know they were realtors, and one of them finally came up to us. And we ended up having a little real estate conference while they were all waiting for their planes and we were waiting for ours. You know, that's kind of fun, but I have to tell you the vibe I got from a lot of them wasn't very collaborative. They all felt very like oh we have got to build a team oh we got to do this oh we it wasn't about it wasn't it, there was something that was missing that had been there twenty years ago um, when we were uh, when we were doing a lot of coaching and that's not the way with EXP EXP you run into somebody no. it's a completely different experience I don't know how to explain it it's almost it's hard I don't know. it's hard to
2: explain it's like a family it's like thing. a family um, yeah it feels like and I, yeah. that sounds cheesy but it's funny because I, my own company I was there for ten years I you know I got referrals every now and then. I can't even tell you how many referrals I get from all over the country now from our company because of our collaboration and just because they feel like we're, we're friends and family. I mean, it's unbelievable. And that's, that's a cool point that you brought up because with our model, you know, when I was in Georgia, I tried to keep my business there for a while as I was building Texas, um, mm-hmm. but I had two caps, and I, it was just very expensive, and I couldn't make it work. In EXP, I could have had them both under the same cap. And it's just like we've got huge teams, huge expansion teams, which is great. That's not what I want to do, uh, but I love that we have that platform that allows these teams uh, to be wildly successful and they can create their, home, their, old, their own business the way they want to create it.
1: So before we got started today, before we started recording, I asked you the question, if you had an opportunity to speak with Elizabeth Riley from 13 and a half years ago, and to give yeah. her maybe two or three pieces of advice on what she should be doing or what she may be, like to save yourself from the, shorten your curve, let's say. If you could talk to the past version of you with all you know now, what would you tell her?
2: Uh, I would tell her to be proactive and plan. Um, I will admit that a lot of times I would wing it, and sometimes to this day I still wing it. And winging it doesn't necessarily give me the results that I want it to be. So I would have been much more intentional. Um, but like I tell my kids every day when I drop them off, just stay humble and stay kind and work hard and have fun. Um, and so I would remind myself of that because real estate is emotional, you know, and um, it's it, it's a roller coaster sometimes. And sometimes you just don't feel like you're doing enough or you're not, you shouldn't even be in this business. And, it's, you know, it gets better. And, and just have fun with it because it's, if it's if you're not having fun it's
1: just not worth it no i agree and it is the very definition of a thankless job it's very rare that somebody says thank you <laughs> especially right. in a changing market like we're experiencing now but you do get, you do get that you it, i think again to mr frederick's point it exp does seem to be making real estate fun again which is uh you know it, it makes me feel really good julie and i don't sell real estate you know we're coaches but to be able to see a To answer the question, to be able to ask when asked, where should I consider, it's like obviously a lot of you guys have very strong local brands that you should consider and all the rest of it. I mean, I think of Pacific Elite out in Hawaii, just a fantastic company and companies like that. But if you ask me, for the most of you, you have to have the XP on your radar. You have to be exploring them as an option because they do everything a traditional brokerage does like times a thousand, but they also give you opportunities to create generational wealth. That's not BS. That's real. Right. It is real. Yeah, I mean, it is. And it's exciting. I didn't, I didn't yeah. think
2: it was – I, you know, sometimes a company or, or a situation seems too good to be true, and sometimes yeah. it is, and that's, I think that's why it took so long for me to really, you know, make the make the change. But um, I wish I would have done it sooner, and it it's amazing. And you mentioned Hawaii. I mean, I've met some great guys in Hawaii that's with our company, and we're already masterminding on some things that I would have never met otherwise. And so definitely have it on the radar, and I would tell your listeners – one of the cool things about us too is we always talk to people for other people. So if if you're talking to somebody about EXP um, and you want to ask some other questions or have an unbiased opinion, I mean, feel free to reach out. To I'm always going to answer questions for other people. So um, and I think you would find that anywhere in our country
1: Our company. And we and we'll uh, we'll include all your information. So Elizabeth, I can tell you, literally just walked to your car to a listing appointment. I can hear it. I can hear your engine about to start. So Elizabeth Riley, mm-hmm. listen. I know we went. I know we went way over. I suspected we would you have so much to share for the real estate industry i think you uh i think you don't know how influential and impactful the words that you've uh passed along to the listeners in the past bit of time with me will be because there's so many people that will find what you're saying this you cut through a lot of mickey mouse and bs and you've cut to the heart of what really real estate is all about, which is being a service to other people. And you live that, and it, and I do, it does make perfect sense when I understand that you were raised to, live, uh, to think that way. You know, it's programmed into your DNA at this point, and I think that's beautiful. I wish the industry had more people like you. I really do, Elizabeth. And thank you for being my guest today.
2: Well, this was so fun, and I appreciate you taking the time to visit with me.
1: Thank you. Have a fantastic day.